0: Well, well, well. It's the week after MotoGP ran. Bo and Jason are back. Let's hit the intro music. Bo, what's going on, man? Are you doing all right this evening?
1: Yeah, man. Not too bad. Uh, it was a pretty uh, pretty crazy weekend in MotoGP. What about you? How are you doing?
0: You know, I had to make some hard decisions this week, Bo. I had to decide that I'm not going to Road Atlanta. And that sucked. But My,
1: my heart breaks for you.
0: You know, I don't feel a whole lot of sincerity coming through the microphone there, but I can understand it. If I had to wear a Schmedium Jake Dixon jersey on Friday in Austin, I'd be mad too. So <laughs> I'm not mad at you. <laughs> oh, man. Just to recap, everybody, Bo and I had a little wager, and we each picked a rider, and whoever scored the most points that weekend between the Sprint and the Premier race, uh, won. And the loser had to buy a shirt of the victor's choosing. And normally it would be an Aspargaro shirt. But we wanted to respect the fact that Paul was still recovering from what seems to be worse and worse the more I hear about it, an injury. Um, So we were sensitive to that. So we decided to just Get him somebody that just gets under his skin when they smile. And that's Jake Dixon. So uh Jake Dixon shirt in the on the way for you, sir. So congratulations on your new shirt.
1: Yeah, it's uh it shipped out today. I don't know if I sent you that that notification or not, but uh looks like it'll just make it for your flight to Austin. So
0: I'm excited good, about that. It's a good thing. Yeah, I've to got ship a little care you, package. Huh? Yeah. Well, listen. I don't only have that shirt. I'm also going to bring your Bo's Helicopter Tour shirt. Um, there's a lot for. of
1: there's a lot of amusement that's happening at Austin at my expense. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. No, so it's
0: not well. I mean, you know, we, Bo, come on. I mean, you did it to yourself. You chose Alicia Spargaro. Um, chose I, hold on Alaysha now. Whoa. Spargaro. Let's
1: hold on a second. Let's back up because before we got on the air, um, who admitted that they were. Sweating bullets because Elise was looking fantastic on the week uh, on Friday.
0: I freely admit that he looked fantastic
1: when the track was dry, and then when the I don't track know, was dry, you know, I don't understand why we don't have races on Friday in Argentina because apparently there's <laughs> no such thing as a gray, as a dry Saturday <laughs> or a dry Sunday.
0: Well, in Argentina. you know, I don't know what you want me to say. I think overall. I'm just happy I'm not wearing a Hopper shirt. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, that's how I feel about it. But, you know, you chose Leicester Sparkrow, which, uh, to be quite honest, on paper, before the weekend, that's the smart play. It was the smart play. That's where he won last year. Well, yeah. and on well I Friday, think you and I and were both Maverick between crazy strong.
1: Well, I think you and I were both between actually the guys that we picked. Right? I mean, because you know when I when I picked the lace, you were kind of like, ugh. You know, you, you you knew that it was a, a tough pick, and and yeah, I was honest. I was right. looking at Alex Marquez as well. You know, because we had to pick outside the top five, honest. Obviously, so um, yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, but you know. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, to Moto three and get this rolling. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to he this doesn't want to with. think about it. No, you
0: don't want to think about it at all. But and I don't blame you. But what I will say is that even though the rain came and kind of made the weekend a little different, I, I still think there were some fantastic races, some fantastic results. Um, you said start with the Moto three World Championship. Well. I got to be honest, man. Moto three is always great, but I am, I am starting to question whether or not Sasaki can put it together. It just feels like this dude every week, it's something or every other week. It just, when he's good, he's great. But the guy so, who won the race, well, I feel the same way. Now hold Suzuki on a second, Suzuki. yeah.
1: Now, uh, yeah, w- w- that, I'll disagree with you about Sasaki. Live um, with uh, this weekend uh, in particular, um, because Sasaki was pulling away from that group when he when he lost the rear of that bike. So I think Sasaki was absolutely pushing to catch back up with Suzuki. I don't know if he could have by the end of the race, but Sasaki was putting a gap in between that group. Uh, when he went down the second time. And if you remember, it was after he got the, the penalties, which I completely disagree with those penalties.
0: Yeah, the penalties were...
1: Ridiculous. Dang.
0: Yeah. I, I just feel like he did the same thing Bagnaya did in the premier race. I, he got out front. He's pushing to get away. He crashes. However, you know, he he still made the mistake. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this guy seems to find a way... Or luck seems to find a way for him. However, you want to look at. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah. the fairing coming off last year in the first race and making him not able to run, and then now you know he's crashed here. He did. He didn't have the best race the first weekend, and you know, I, I, I there's a, It's a really long season. You can get it together, but man, I, I start. I'm starting to see a lot of cracks from that guy, and you know, his body language after the race was just complete. Like, he was completely done. Like, he he didn't know – he was just done. Like, he, he knew he'd made the mistake. He was so sad about it, and his team's trying to console him. And, you know, <clears throat> just – just I, I start to wonder. But let's talk about Suzuki. You know, Tetsuki Suzuki wins the race. Diogo Moreira finishes second. And Andrea Meno finishes third. What What'd you think?
1: I mean, Suzuki – you know, we, I don't want to say we pick on this guy because he's had it's he's such a polarizing rider. It's either you know one weekend he's he's doing amazing and he does this and he goes out and wins a race by five seconds, which he was almost leading by seven seconds or, or uh, six and a half seconds, I think, at one point, um, which is ridiculous in a Moto three race, and especially around this track, you know, because this track is it's one of those tracks I think that kind of lends itself to a massive group. Um, and really hard for a rider to break away. But Suzuki, um, it was a great weekend for him. But at the same time, why haven't we been able to see this race after race after race um, out of him? You know, he's been on a Honda. I think he has he been on a Honda's the entire time. Um, or was he on a, uh, uh, was, a he riding last year? was he on a KTM last year? No, he was on a Leopard was he still last year. He was, was, yeah, he uh, was Leopard he? last year. Okay. The year
0: before that, he was with. Uh, it was a uh, 18, right? Father. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: okay. So, so, he's, so he's been on a know, Honda for a long, a while then.
0: He has. I, I think. I think you raised some good questions about Suzuki because I'm wondering now. It, it's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing with him. You know, who's mm-hmm. going to show up? We don't know if it's the guy that finishes 14th or crashes out, or this guy that looked unbelievable. Um, but it does tell me why he's getting rides, and they know it's there. The, the talent is there, but I think that's always the, the, the trick. There are lots of guys in those lower classes that have an unbelievable amount of talent, but they can't show it consistently, or they can't adapt to world-class racing, or they can't adapt to the travel, or the life away. They can't control themselves. There's a lot of things, and I don't know what it is about Suzuki. I'm not trying to say he's got problems off track. I'm just saying <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I think I think personally it's all mental on the race. I, I just think yeah. that sometimes when he doesn't have it, he doesn't change his riding style. You know, well, you know, none of us want to see you finish eighth, but we want to see you finish eighth versus crashing out, trying to go for sixth, you know. So – I don't know. I think we'll we'll see the rest of the year what Suzuki can do and mm. and if he he may he may surprise us and challenge for the world title, but for a couple of years now, I've been before this year, I w- I was thinking Suzuki might be a real challenger and it just never materialized. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I
1: think his his next his uh, penultimate year at uh 658 is when he looked the strongest to me. Um, I think he he strung a few races together and then he had a big crash. And I think it was one after he hurt his wrist and then he, once he hurt his wrist everything just kind of went south for him. Yeah. A few yeah. seasons ago. And then it, you know and then you know Simon doesn't mince words. He he's he's very very vocal about how he thinks his riders should be uh, should perform. Um and you know obviously that didn't work out with that team. He found his way over to Leopard. Uh Leopard last year he showed that he was a, a good teammate to to masia you know he or uh, to to Fogia. um he he played the tail gunner very well you know and then he was even fast in a few races as well and he had more consistency towards the front last year um as the season went on and then you know obviously now he's got to win this year so i'm really curious if that's going to come into austin um if he can Me keep too. that explosive performance, uh, because I think that's sometimes that's what we see out of the, the Hispanic writers is they have a consistent explosive, uh, you know, tendencies about them. Is that they are always, you know, we Wait see, um, you know, the we who? always see. Pardon?
0: The, who'd you say?
1: The Spaniards, the Spanish riders. Oh,
0: oh, I thought you said Hispanic.
1: Hispanic, I'm sorry, Spanish. I did. I think I did. You're right. I'm sorry, Hispanic, right? The Spanish riders. I was riders. like, wait, how many um,
0: people do we have down there from Central um, and South America? So, the Spanish
1: riders. Um,
0: yeah, there's a, there's I understand a, what you're saying. Yeah. But I think, personally, like, this could, if, if he can ride on some stimulus, because he won by four and a half seconds, which yeah. in Moto3 is an eternity, right? Like, which he is. slowed down,
1: too. you know. Yeah, I mean, he, absolutely. he absolutely backed out of it.
0: But my thing is, is we could have two Japanese guys between Sasaki and Suzuki, if they can keep it together and ride well every time. We could have some tremendous racing between two Japanese riders. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about it before. MotoGP, motorcycle racing in general is better when Japanese riders are close to the front. And and it, it really is. I mean, we saw it. We talked about it last year because Viagura. Um, Nakagami is just not getting it done in the premier class, but I I think more and more we're seeing why. You know, we'll talk about that later with the Alex Marquez situation in premier class. But I I think you know if we can get Suzuki and Sasaki, you know, battling it out in Moto three, I'm here for it. Really, I am. But you know, that's not to say that the guy that finished second, Diego morera won't have a say. The guy that finished third in a wild card kind of fill in situation was Mino, mm. who doesn't have a ride this year and uh, you know that's uh, that's a great ride to show people that you should still be there right um my argument to that is well then do it when you're there yeah you yeah know? And, and, I mean and, and again I mean, these there's, there's bikes are there's all no pretty stock yeah you know, there, they're, all no pretty, they're all pretty they're all pretty standard you know yeah and so he didn't do that last year for whatever reason I don't know but it just wasn't there and you know I think he, he probably does belong in the class, but in general, if you don't perform, you don't you don't get a receipt, and he didn't. Um, and, and on top of that, we know there's some money involved, right? Like sponsors putting up money and not this sort of thing. And if you're not performing, your sponsors are not wanting to put money out, and so that's, that's a big deal. But let's talk about Diogo Moreira, who finished second. Many people chose him to win the title this year. He's, you know... I I am I know I can watch him and look and say wow that guy's talented. Is he your favorite for the for the world title though? I just don't feel that way right now.
1: I don't think so. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I... A given point this it's moto three right i mean we you never know what's going to happen i mean these guys get crazy uh turn one is crazy and then the last turn is crazy unless someone's you know out front by six seconds like suzuki was this race but um so you know and to say that i say that to say that you can always have injuries that pop up so you can have a guy that looks amazing sure. like diogo marrera um but then <clears> have a you know tragic accident and you know then miss half the season or even worse so um I just, I, I'm really hesitant to pick a favorite in Moto3. um, It's hard right now, right? Yeah, I mean, we're two races in, right? We haven't, we've, we've seen two um, different weekends, two polarizing weekends, one with, um, you know, a a dry weekend, and then the next weekend that had, that had some weather thrown into it. Um, So, um, which I think actually Portima had a little bit of, uh, the track was wet a little bit uh, during practice, wasn't it? Possibly in the.
0: I did. I I think as I remember, if I remember incorrectly, there was a little weather during the weekend. Um, it did not affect the premiere race, but um, but so anyway, who knows? But you yeah, know, we'll, we'll
1: see. S- yeah, I want to you know go into Austin. I would like to see what Austin looks like. You know, Austin's a track that's got a little bit of everything. Um, it, it's got some tight twisting sections. It's got really long straights. So we'll start to see. You know, if there is a standout bike that kind of has strengths anywhere, I think we'll we'll kind of see the the bike strengths are kind of. Um, exasperated a little bit uh, at Austin. Yep.
0: Um, the KTM, well, the Leopards but, you know, will be fast. You know, they'll yeah, yeah. souls. So but honestly, and, I've seen this, so. Easy. So to yes, say that, I feel like people.
1: the KTM's are quick this year. Uh, I feel like the KTM has found some top speeds because the Leopard, um is not as fast in a straight line as it you know as a, as it year been has been in years past. There's not that big of a speed gap to me um, to see. I mean. Uh, I mean obviously Suzuki did have the top speed at 147 k's this this race. Yeah. Um yeah. but you know Diogo Moreira on the KTM was 146.7. Um,
0: that's
1: the average speed, isn't it? Uh, it it could be, I
0: don't know. It is the average speed. Okay, all right. It wasn't the time. That's not the that's not the trap, the speed trap. Um but to your point, they do look faster. Um and I what I am seeing between the Hondas and them is 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 basically that. I, I I really feel like we saw the most consistent riders so far have been, obviously, if you look at the standings, have been Holgado and Marrera. They're Nerve One and Two, separated by two points. Holgado finishes fourth in the rain. He won the race in the dry. You know, he's. I think he's a real. I think he could be a real contender this year, but.
1: I Another? think he's got a lot of he's got some uh, some incentive to kind of put it back in KTM's court too after losing the factory the you know the factory what
0: is, I, I do you know the story I don't even I don't, understand why that I, happened I really
1: don't it doesn't make sense to me because the first race he clearly showed that he de- he deserved to be in that the factory stable um I'm sorry Dennis on is is not showing me much this year um already you well, know I
0: mean, yeah yeah I mean what I think that guy just feels star-crossed. He's so talented. He's so talented, but it just always seems to get in his way. I, I feel similar about him that I do about Suzuki. Like, Oh, I don't know which guy's showing up. I, I, I feel like Onchu is more at the front, but he makes more mistakes at the front where sometimes Suzuki is just not close to the front. And he still makes a mistake. I mean that, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, 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 I was disappointed in Anchu's ride for sure. But impressed by Holgado again, and, and we saw this a little bit at the end of last year. We saw him figuring it out. He, he's a little bit aggressive, um, and, and so it takes a little while. We saw a lot of things in the Moto3 race. We saw Munoz mixing it up and then make himself fall down, and he got up and he, he finished 16th. Um, let's talk about Jim Massia, now a part of the Leopard team not in the KTM. Leopard part um,
1: again. Yeah, part of the yeah. team for the second second time now. Yeah.
0: But it's the same old Masia. It's the same old story. Yeah. Yep. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll figure it out. The race is good. There's 21 races. We're only two down. It's hard to believe. We've already done two weekends. But I, 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 I don't know if he figures it out because he hasn't before. A guy like Sasaki, if he figures it out, he'll win the title, in my opinion. Because he does show just otherworldly speed on that bike when he's going. Yeah. Um. But it could be, if he can't figure it out, it comes down to a guy like Marrera or a guy like Holgado who's like, okay, well, I can't win today, so I'll finish fourth, or I can't win, or I'll win in the dry occasionally. But when I can't win, I collect points. You can't go win or not. You know, you can't win it or bend it. And, right. Yeah. It's not checker you know, or wrecker. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. For those guys, I mean, the race itself was a little different than we normally see. Like I said, there was four and a half seconds to the lead. He definitely backed out of it. That's not real common in Moto3. But just from the first lap, that guy was gone. Like, he just had a feeling, and he believed in his tires, and...
1: And you know, you made a comment. Uh, you you make a comment about you know understanding and bringing home points when they know that they can't make a, get the win. Uh, there was actually a moment. I can't remember how many laps were left. There's not not many laps left. But there were still a few. Uh, when Holgado was in that group uh, with Diogo Moreira and Mino, I don't know if you caught it, but they came out of a corner and, and Holgado immediately took a big long look over his right shoulder or his left shoulder, mm-hmm. and after that, he completely dropped off of that that group and then you know obviously finished uh, almost four seconds off of them so to me that speaks to what you were saying about you know he knows that it, when the bike's not there he's just going to consolidate bring home points and not going to continue to push he's just he knows it's yep. a long championship so well right um, i mean you know that's maturity for me
0: yeah absolutely me too and i think you know a guy that'll do that in that in that class and says you know <sighs> I felt something in that corner that was bad. I don't feel like I have the control or I don't have the tire, whatever it is. And you say, Okay, can I just finish fourth right here and I'm safe and I can ride this pace? All right, fine. I'll do that. I, that guy in a year like in in a in a class like Moto Three, where everybody's trying to prove themselves and sometimes they get in over their head, you know, that that's a recipe to finish really high in the points, maybe even sneak a world championship out of there because we don't have okay. a Pedro Acosta in Moto3 this year. We don't have an Isan Guevara or Sergio Garcia. Right. We've got some great riders, but those guys were so dominant. They were at the front almost every race. And we don't have that right now. We've got two different winners, and, and you know, it we'll just have to see. Again, two days in, way too early for a lot of this speculation, but it's what I think, and it's my podcast, so this is what we're going to go through. Do um, you have anything else for Moto3? No, I don't think so, no. Oh, okay. Well, great. Well, I'll talk about it for 20 more minutes. Um, I'm kidding. Kidding. Everybody, calm down. Uh, let's go to Moto2 because Moto2 right now, I have to be honest, I have some real questions about some of these riders. Um, Tony Arbolino wins the race. Alonso Lopez finishes second. And Jake Dixon, the man of the t-shirt, finishes third. Uh, great race for Arbelino. we saw it at the end of last year and you and I both mentioned him before the season started as a possible title contender. I think this cements that I he looked he looked really really good and strong he, you know um Lopez was back to what he was doing last year mm-hmm. uh, so that that's that status quo. And then you know honestly Jake Dixon got six podiums last year I believe seventh podium now uh, had a little had a baby girl. His wife had the baby girl on Saturday night, so I do want to say congratulations to Jake. Uh, as a parent myself, I know that's a big deal. He went right home, go see his new baby girl. I'm sure he's excited. It's 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 an amazing feeling. Uh, but I, Tony Arbelino, man, so this guy looked amazing, mm-hmm. and he he I, he he is he's legit. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be there all year in my opinion how do you feel about it yeah
1: I, I mean Tony Arbelino we've, we've uh, I all can do is echo that you know um, Jake Dixon as much as I hate to admit it I think Jake Dixon's probably got a win in him this year finally um, he's not making the same mistakes as he was last year um, he seems to be riding within himself a little bit more um, so I, I think that Jake Dixon's absolutely taken a step forward. Uh, and I think that uh, I think we are going to see him up top step at some point this year. So it's just hard to tell when. I um, Begrudgingly, I hope it's not going to be um, in Austin. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, but I think, he's, I think there's going to be a win out of him. But, yeah, Arbolino definitely is going to be a championship contender. Lopez, you know, back in, like you said, kind of falling back in line with what he was doing last year um uh, hopefully again we're only two races in you know it's it's far too early to start uh, speculating on okay these guys are going to be fighting for a championship or not um but how about Sergio Garcia and the speed that he had um coming through the field and how many people he actually overtook to get there yeah are yeah. we seeing, uh, let me ask you this are you are we see, well there's a so there's a combined rider um, and bike weight in, um, in Moto Two, correct? Moto2 and Moto Two and Moto Three, right? It's it's different like in Moto GP, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. A, a combined minimum weight, right?
0: I believe that's true. Yes.
1: Um, so I'm not, a, I'm
0: not an aficionado on all the rules.
1: Um, and I know I think Sergio Garcia's pretty small guy, I and mean, he looked pretty small on a Moto Three bike. Um, so I mean, I'm curious if we're seeing somewhat of a. Um, Alvaro Batista effect, you know, which he can get behind the bubble, and he's just fast, and he can make that bike, you know, feel like there's nothing there. Um, but this guy was just on a different level um, on Sunday for the ponds team. I mean, what do you think?
0: So when he started coming through the field, I was I was impressed. I, second race on a Moto Two bike. So I think a couple of things happened there. I think the rain um definitely as the great equalizer showed that this guy is is a real force i mean he's obviously talented on the bike and he's he's starting to figure it out already which for the rest of the field should be a little bit unnerving um but i i think i want to see him do this in the dry to your point about his weight if he is smaller that should lead to tire conservation and uh, making him a little faster at the end of the races than some of his contemporaries, but we shall see. But you know, I'm not going to take anything away from him in this race. He looked amazing. I'm not ready to crown him yet, but I was definitely <laughs> no, no, impressed. no, 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 no. I, I don't think I, I'm going to
1: see the. I don't think we're going to see the same in Austin. Is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. I, I, so, I,
0: but but on the flip side of that, I mean, and you know, we we talk now, you know, about uh, Arbelino. You know, Alonso Lopez did a really good job recovering from last week. And, and for a lot of the race, he was leading it, you know, um, and he looked great. I, I think, I think he's a, honestly, I believe now he's a title contender as well. After seeing him bounce back from last week, because we were not, we were expecting him to do well. He didn't do well. He looked pretty terrible, uh, had a pretty awful weekend, but he did it. But I, I think we need to, we, we talked a little about Jake Dixon and maybe having a win that I think you might be right there. As much as neither one of us are huge Dixon fans, but I don't I don't have the same feelings about him. You do, but um, he may have a win, but I want to talk about Aaron Kinnett because last year what we saw was Aaron Kinnett could get podium or Aaron Kinnett would throw it in the gravel. And now the same thing that Holgado did, mm. Kinnett's doing. Right. He did it when he was in second. He's doing it in fourth. Kinnett... To me, is a dark horse for this title um, because he he's just getting it now. Arbolino has outscored Canet because of you know uh, the finish, the win here. Yeah, yeah. But this this race is going to be close, and with dry races, I do believe that Canet and Arbolino are going to be going at it along with Pedro Costa, um, but. I thought it was a good ride from Canet. I mean, do you agree with me? He's no, doing I do. he's doing yeah. it a little differently. Yeah,
1: I, I I think so. Well, remember last year, Kinnett, um had some injury troubles too. Uh, you know, he, he did. had the yeah. uh, I think he had the, the, car, the, wrist, accident. He had the car accident, car yeah. accident, wrist injury, Jerez, so um, Yeah, you know, there's some and and the Jerez race, if I remember correctly, was an amazing ride with him. You know, even with his how hurt he was. Um, so I I guess what I'm waiting to see is if we have a good weekend and Aaron Kinnett goes into Jerez uh, healthy, that, that I think that might be where we see his win uh, because I, th- I think that he does have a win in him somewhere this year. Of course, you know, that's that was also without the Acosta factor last year, I think. So, um, you yeah. know, now we throw a completely different variable into that. Um, but, no, I agree. Aaron Kinnett, um, better this year, more mature this year. Um, not throwing it in the gravel, uh, riding within himself, riding within the bike. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think yeah, that that's you're, the right you're way absolutely right. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. you're right. I mean, you, you think we've got a, you are going to have one of these get one of the, you know, he's going to be a part of that cha- that championship fight, uh, barring any injuries.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think he will do that. I, 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 on the flip side of that, what in the world happened to Pedro Acosta in the first yeah. half of that race? Like, he he had no feeling or something because at the end of the race, he was flying. He was the fastest guy out there. But what was going on in the first half of the race? Do you have any ideas?
1: I don't. uh, You know, and maybe I don't know if there's a lack of experience on the Moto2 bike in the wet. Uh, if that could have thrown any, thrown the, uh, the wrench in anything, or if there was some tire troubles, you know, uh, to, to start off, you know, if the tire feeling wasn't there, like you said, and then as the race went on, as the track started to dry just a hair and then the tire temperature started to come up or the tire pressure started to come up, then he started to get that feeling back. It's hard to tell. Um, but you know, now Pedro Costa's third in the championship behind Kinnett and Arbolino. Um. So uh, we'll see in Austin if Pedro Costa can bounce back. I mean, he's 12 points off the championship. Um, long, long season. Uh, a lot can yeah. happen. So,
0: yeah, it's, I mean, it's he hard didn't, to say. He, if, if there was a problem on the bike, which it feels like there was, especially because the speed in the second half of the race was there, if there was a, some problem between feeling or mechanical or whatever, I haven't found it. I haven't seen anything. Um, but i think for me I was just really shocked i mean he just went straight backwards right and to me that feels like there was definitely some sort of problem on the bike but you know he he did he did not score a zero he brought it home he got a few points mm-hmm. it wasn't great but he was out of the points for a long time <laughs> right right so you know the fact that he recovered to 12th i'm i'm sure that in a dry race there he's much more competitive um and i'm i'm thinking what we're going to see is a pretty aggressive and determined pedro acosta maybe even a little pissed off acosta in austin what do you think
1: no i think that's a fair assessment i think that's a good prediction too so um yeah i think that we'll we'll definitely see what acosta's um I don't want to say what his character looks like, because I think we've seen that already, you know, not to discredit that at all, uh, but uh, we're, we're going to see what, what he's made of, you know, he's, like you said, if this is going to light a fire under him, if he's going to come out, and if he's going to try to, you know, make a staple, and then just run away with a race, you know, uh, like he did in Port Portimao, uh, we'll see, um...
0: I don't know. We'll see,
1: you know, and I know that he didn't, I know he didn't, you know, completely run away with that race in Portimao, uh, but, but he commanded that race with, with an absolute resolve that, you know, speaks volumes to, for his maturity.
0: Well, I think, I think the rain made it tough for everyone. You know, obviously, um, Vietti did not go well. Lowe's did not go particularly well. Manuel Gonzalez started really close to the front, finished 11th, so I'm sure that was a disappointment for him. Um, you know, it's all that. But what about, you know, this weekend we did see SDK get into Q2, mm-hmm. which was positive. Yeah. Um, but then during the race, both he and Rory Skinner pulled off with technical issues again. Again. What is happening? Why can we not? I I. I I'm, you know what, I just want them to change their name to not American racing. I can't deal with it. It makes us, it makes me feel like we can't find a mechanic that understands how to make a bike reliable because it feels like this happens way, way, way too much.
1: Well, and we don't know what kind of budget this team operates with. You know, that's, um, shoestring would
0: probably be a good bet.
1: Right. No, no, no. And that's, and that's what I'm kind of alluding to a little bit. You know, we don't know, um, I'm assuming these are 2023 Calix chassis that these guys are on. I know that the Calix chassis is different this year, just a little bit. Um, but I think everyone, for the most part, that's on the Calix chassis is on a very similar, if not the same, Calix um, in in the Moto2 field. Um, it, it's it's really hard to say. And, and you know, this year, the Triumph got, what, 400 more uh, uh, RPMs, RPMs uh, unlocked yep. to it. So... Um, Is there a component to that to where, um, you know, our engineers didn't, you know, could not make that work or have not been able to make that work or have seen reliability issues or if there's something going on, you know what I mean, um, that that have caused those mechanical issues inside the engine somewhere uh, because of we because we might lack a a bit of knowledge or a bit of training, a bit of know how something uh, to where because the team is not a top tier team like a, a KTM, you know, IO team or an Elfmark uh, VDS racing team, uh, you know what I mean? So yep. uh, what what is the gap between uh, – what's the gap behind the curtain, I guess, is the right question, uh, between the teams of uh, of a Red Bull KTM IO and an Elfmark VDS team so, to an American racing team?
0: Yeah, so do you think it's money? I mean, do you think that's all it is? Well,
1: I mean, you we, we you and I have talked about this offline quite a bit. You know, it's everything's about money with, with these championships this championship in the sport. Uh, because you, you, you have to have it, you, you have to have it to be able to get the right talent. You have to have it to get the right uh, engineers, the right uh, team managers, the right mechanics. Uh, it's, it's got to be there, right? So if you don't have that component or if you're lacking that component, or if you are allocating that, that resource to the wrong place, then you're not going to have the best result. You're not going to have an optimized team, not going to have an optimized rider and an optimized bike. Um, so it's balancing that input uh that's that's gonna give you back out, you know, who's what, what you're gonna get, right? So what, what your results are gonna be. Um but but I'm curious to see what the what that limiting factor actually is um from the American racing perspective.
0: Yeah, I, I...
1: Okay, If we got one of those guys down, say, so look what's going on in the team. You know what I mean? Obviously we're yeah. not going to have that opportunity, but you know that would be the the, the the conversation to have is to get their input, their insight, say well, what's happening. You've had Well, it's obviously
0: X- I mean, I I think yeah, I know you're absolutely right about it being about money and I had that thought too, but it's just really really sad that you have both guys pulling off the race due to technical error, which means that you made the mistake on both bikes, which means that my guess and my thought was it's a, know, issue, right? it's, it's a systemic it's, issue, right? It's a systemic issue. If it's also... the same
1: issue, right? We're, we're speculating right now. If it's the same right. issue on both bikes, that meant that there was a fundamental error that was made somewhere along the weekend with that bike, um, or there's a systemic problem with how the American racing team does something inside the garage. Yeah,
0: my, my guess was um, the technical issue quote-unquote was due to the fact that there was rain and water and probably something wasn't protected maybe an electronic thing you know what i mean when they put them both together because both bikes had the same problem or had a problem Mm -hmm. Um, and i didn't see mechanically anything wrong like on the bike from you know the outside and they weren't like they didn't lose a foot peg they didn't so it feels like to me that maybe they put some electronics somewhere and water could get into it. Or, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You're right. We're speculating. But it feels like anytime anything is happening, um, th- 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 anything that can go wrong for this team goes wrong. And that's some bad luck on some levels. But we talked about it last year when their tire was overheating and they just put on a white rim. I'm like, well, that. That's the engineering genius we've got. No one else having this problem, but we are.
1: I can't really throw a to stone too much at that because Yamaha did the same thing in GP.
0: Yeah. And, it, you know, but at the same time, Yamaha is in the Motors GP Premier class where other people have completely different bikes, but mm. you don't in Moto 2. Mm. Your bike is a little different, sure, in the way that the foot pegs are set up and the handlebar, the clip ons and the, the ride heights and things like that for the different riders. But, the stock engine, the spec the spec chassis yeah. with the Calex chassis. No, I, I know where you're getting you know, at. Yeah, and I, I just don't like it, but I don't want to dwell anymore on it. Mean, I, we well, but you know that bike's going to be time. spangly
1: as can be whenever we get to Austin.
0: which you know is one of the things I hate the most. I hate super spangliness. Like, I don't understand. How about we do less spangliness and more winning? That's what I want. Then we won't have to tell everybody that we have an, what the American flag looks like because they'll see it every week during the podium ceremony. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Well, I mean, so the positive to take away, like you mentioned, Sean Dillon Kelly making it to Q2, you know, uh, which was fantastic. Um, and I think at one point he was actually up to, what, like 15th or 16th place in the race, um, if not 14th. He was dangerously close to the points. Um, yeah, yeah. And I personally thought that was what was wrong. I thought he got, oh my gosh, we've got a point, I, and he got scared, and he was like, you know, I'm not supposed to be up here. <laughs> um, no, I'm. Um, At a
0: boy, yeah, Atta boy. <laughs> no,
1: no, you know, it sucks um, because, it, I, but I think that it was good for SDK, you know, because he he is, I don't want to say he got to battle with a different group of riders because you know I mean he, he's ridden around all these guys for for a couple of years now. Um, but I think that I think there's a small step being made for made there. We've seen. I, a, I don't uh,
0: disagree. I agree. I mean, making it to Q two is a big deal. My hope is that he can continue to do it. Yeah. And he shows people that he can ride, and he gets a shot with a decent team. We got that with Joe Roberts, right? He moved over to nope. Tall Trans. Mm-hmm joe couldn't do anything joe or had,
1: or, or we you know. generate more interest locally and you know here at home and there's more funding put into that team that we don't have to use only fans as a sponsor who, who
0: has more money than only fans <sighs> at this point you might as well throw Pornhub on there yeah i mean look, the, the, the truth is i i'm with you i don't love the only fan sponsor but we need the money and you know, after <laughs> <So> we
1: <we're> will <laughs> put shameful stickers on the side of our motorcycles listen, listen. because we we got to pay the bills, right? We got to pay the bills, man.
0: <laughs> That's how this works. This works about money. We're here to work. I, I think um, you know it is it is unfortunate, but I did want to bring it up because there were some positive from SDK this weekend, and I I I want to see more of that. Like I'm I'm excited for that as much as I piss and moan about the American racing team. Yeah. Well, uh, but it's because I want to see good results and I want to see improvement. But I was seeing it and then the guys in the garage let him down. They also let Rory Skinner down. I mean right,
1: that we that we're spe- and again, speculating. We don't know what
0: happened. Um yeah. We yeah. And, and all they said was technical issue. If the motor had blown up, I feel like they would have said it was a motor problem. Yeah. They said technical issue because they don't want to admit, oh, we forgot to put the The water cover on the electronics, you know, like that's the kind of way I feel about it. Now, that's again speculation, everybody, but this is what it feels like. This is what happened. Remember when they couldn't get the tire on for Joe Roberts? Remember when they get? I mean, this happens over and over and over with American Racing. They just can't seem to put a bike together. So, my hope is that SDK. Can overcome it. They can get better at what they're doing because I know that they're working hard. I know they're trying hard. Let's let's hope that they fix that and SDK can show us some improvement, give us something to cheer about for the Americans. Um, but back to the rest of the field. I mean, another pretty solid ride from Philip Salach. after he you know got his first pole position. Um, and he, I, I, you know, I think Philip's gonna get a few podiums this year. So I is there a reason
1: that you glossed over Darren Bender in sixth place?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll see, look, let Darren Bender finish sixth place twice, okay? Let him finish a couple of races before I start talking about him because we all know what he does. He, he did this in Moto3. He'd win a race. He'd podium. He'd win a race. Or actually, he won one race. He'd win a race. He'd podium, podium, crash, 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 crash podium, crash, 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 crash. crash seventh crash,
1: crash, crash. Pilot. Well, okay. So you say you are what your record says you are. And right now in moto two, he's batting 50%. I mean, he's, he crashed first race and he finished top six <laughs> in the second race. So,
0: well, then that can go either way. Right. Is he a That's crasher or is he yeah, a finisher? I mean,
1: I, I just, I, I feel like well, we have to see
0: more than two. I I'm not, I'm not,
1: completely agree with that. This was a race I'm, that, this was a race that had, you know, challenging uh, conditions that threw everyone curveball And, Darren Bender was not the rider that went down it, you know he did not he didn't this week. crash not this week not right this week. yeah
0: well we'll see next week let's see what he does mm-hmm. in Austin and you know I look I'll, I'll admit it but I I just don't think I think Darren Bender everything I hear about Darren Bender he's exciting to watch because he he rides on that ragged edge but the when they admitted when Darren Bender admitted to the to the the journalists he doesn't really have brake markers. He just tries to brake later than the other guys. I was like, okay. I mean, that's the checker record guy. Like, he, when he's right. on, he's going to get it. And it's okay. I I didn't think he should be in MotoGP. I think I was proven right. Let's see what he does here. If he, if he learned a lot in GP, he comes back here, and he's third, second in the championship, fourth, fifth in the championship. Hey, man, wins the championship. Great. Then he's learned a lot. He's improved a ton, but but like you say, we have to see what he's going to do. Darren ran a good race. It was tough conditions. He finished sixth. I think Darren's style is tailor made for rain. Honestly, I
1: do well, he, I, he, I think he burned his tire. He had to burn his tire up because he was, you know, in the leading in the leading group. I think he was in the fourth position for long for a while. Uh, fourth or fifth, and then he—he oh, he started sliding back. Yeah, yeah, his pace dropped off a cliff. I think. Um, so I mean, it was Well, right.
0: Yeah, but when was, he was going well, he was doing great. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to your point, I, I will, I will be the first to congratulate Darren Bender if he wins a race or gets on the podium.
1: I'm glad that that speaks a lot about you, and oh, I'll be no, the first I'm, to 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 congratulate Jake Dixon.
0: I doubt it. Maybe third. I might I think you might fourth. be third. <laughs> <Baby>. <laughs> but I so Moto two this year is gonna like we talked about before the year, it's it's full of killers. Now we still haven't really seen. I mean Ayagura was out there, but not really. Right. Um Isan Guevara gonna be a rookie, but if he picks it up as fast as Sergio seems to be picking it up, it could get real interesting real fast. And um
1: yeah, that's one thing my wife and I said this weekend is we want to see Guevara come back. And we want to see how he takes the Moto Two bike. Um, you know, I, I always enjoy watching him wa- watching him ride in Moto Three, and he he and Pedro Acosta both um, remind me of Ben Spies uh, with those elbows kicked out. You know, and I'm, I'm, uh, so that's I think they're fun to watch.
0: I I, I do too. I I think they're must see TV. Honestly, they are. Um, but, you know, I overall the field did really well with the challenging conditions. They really did. I mean, you know, it was it was a tough race. They came through. Where are you on Sam Lowe's right now?
1: You know, this so I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually was thinking about it. Um, th- this surprised me out of Sam Lowe's this, uh, you know, me uh, too. Uh, you know, we think it's a Brit, you know, Brits are great in the rain, which, you know, traditionally they they are, they, they have a little bit of an edge when it comes to the rain. They can, they, they can navigate it a bit. Um, and Sam Lowe's is not slow. He's a fast rider. He's, he's a, he's a championship contender. Um, this really did surprise me that Sam Lowe's was not closer to the front and was not up there fighting with those guys. Uh, I think he had a little bit of uh, late race pace that was coming on, but then I think it just kind of lulled after a while. Um, so, you know, and then I, that's where I'm at. I, I was a little disappointed with this with this race. Um, you know, right now he's eighth in the championship. That's not where I expected Sam Lowe's to be after two races. Uh, it, you know, I, I, I would have pegged Sam Lowe's to be top five easy, um, to be one of those guys that comes out of the gate strong. I mean, he did it. You know, it won both races in Qatar, right? Uh, a couple years ago, and was commanding the championship for a bit, and then it just all unraveled. So, uh,
0: and it's never, it's never really recovered, right? It's never, yeah, after, yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, so crazy. I don't understand, but i I do worry that maybe we've we've seen the best of Sam Lowes, um, and uh, we'll see. But if he does leave Elf Martin PDS. I'd love for SDK to get in there. I'm just saying. Anybody's listening? And I I know all the MotoGP teams listen to our podcast. So look, SDK gets the Jason stamp of approval. He's going to be fine. Um, But yeah, for Moto2, that's about all I've got. How about you? No, yep. All right. Well, you know, we should move on to what everybody tuned in to see and that's the premier class. Let's talk about the sprint race first. Um I mean Brad Flippin Bender. <laughs> how in the world rewatching that start and how he did that. I Okay. He just let go. I, of the, I've got nothing. It's like
1: he just let go of the lever, right? He just let it roll yeah. all the way through. Just
0: let it roll. And I mean, so unbelievable ride for Brad Bender. I don't want to hear one more journalist talk about how you cannot pass in MotoGP. I'm all done with it. I'm all done. He's been proven, I've said this before. He proves that he's been proving that wrong for a year now. Yeah. And then now he does this. So great. But the other story is the Mooney VR46 team. Marco Bezzecchi and Luca Marini on the podium. That is that's a that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And for a team that's in its second year of existence. Because the LCR Honda team, how many podiums do they have in the last 5 years? Right. So, I mean, that's unbelievable. So Bezecchi and Marini, and then in fourth place, there has been a Franco Morbidelli siding. How happy were you to see that this oh, weekend? Man. I yeah. was over yeah. the moon. Oh yeah, I was I over was the so moon. So
1: excited, I mean, and that's what I told my wife. And and then to see you know continue on on to, into Sunday, uh, it, it, to me it was like, thank goodness this guy you know is he finally back you know and that's why I want to see what's going to happen in Austin um, because this has been and it's so weird because it feels like it just happened all overnight right I mean it it was another another dismal start um, in Portimao and then bam here's the Franco Morbidelli that you know from 2020 that we should have seen um, you know all year last year uh, and 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 now I'm excited you know now this guy's making me excited so so what is it that that he found this weekend, um, and can he continue with it uh, to move forward so, with that? So yeah, I'm so excited. so let me
0: let me throw something at you. Let's say we see this type of performance: top five, consistent top fives, top tens, a few podiums, maybe a win from Franco Morbidelli. Does Yamaha still let him go?
1: Well, where are we talking that you know Quartararo's? place in, in comparison to this,
0: I well, if you're in the consistently in the top five and top 10 with some podiums, I don't think it matters.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you, I, I think you earn a seat. It, you know, I, I think that's, yeah. uh, I think, I, I do think that it's the decision is less of Yamaha's and becomes more of Franco's at that point uh, because Frank only Franco knows how hard he would have to ride the bike to consistently do this, right? Um, I know that quarter has complained and said, the bike said, you know, it's a dumpster fire. We've, you know, um, us and all of our infinite wisdom and what goes on in the MotoGP world. We know that Yamaha is, is struggling right now. Um, but
0: however, there was a comment from the Mooney VR 46 guys that in a straight line, that Yamaha is fast. He said, I couldn't even pass him in the slipstream. So they've solved something.
1: Yeah. And and maybe this bike, you know, now that they've got something to figure out, this bike kind of is tailored a little bit more to how Franco Morbidelli rides or he has changed how he rides. I know that was one thing that he was trying to work on was to ride more like um, and to attack the corner uh, more so than just, you know, kind of his normal, smooth riding style uh, than before. Right. So, you know, maybe he's he's unlocked something within himself, you know, and then he's tapped into what the bike has, too, and then that's something that Corrado still has to do. Right. Well, uh, let's,
0: let's just hope he does it in Austin. Yeah. I, I just yeah. want to – let's hope he keeps that up. I mean, really.
1: Yeah, like, I, w- I want that result for Franco Morbidelli, Not so much for Yamaha, but for Franco in the championship. Me, too. Uh, That's, me that's me what too. I would like.
0: Yeah, I, I think Franco, he he reminded a lot of people that he is a good rider. He reminded a lot of people – that he does belong in MotoGP mm-hmm. and you know for him that was a great weekend let's hope it continues because it's better to me when Yamaha has more than one rider you know anywhere yep. and, and I, and I that feel the same about Honda but Honda's
1: and that's going to give him a, a wave to ride into Austin too you know if he can oh it, sure, keep that momentum sure. up, you know that's it's a funny thing it's fickle you know that's
0: it is but you know momentum and confidence are fickle but go back, talk to me about Brad Bender. What did you think when he won the sprint race?
1: I mean, uh, I mean, first of all, you, if there was one more lap, you know that he, he wasn't going to win that sprint race because Betzecki was on his horse. Uh, but, you know, Brad Bender, he's just something else, man. I, I mean, it's it's just, I don't know. He's got to get a, he, 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 KTM, I mean, he, you know his bonuses from KTM, they, they it's like Brad Bender he he knows when he's got to go buy something big or something you know, he's got a present coming up cuz then he's like oh crap i need to get my win bonus in and then he just shows up uh, somewhere uh, on of on a sunday <laughs> or on a saturday and he yeah. you know he reels it off but um I, I mean Brad Bender KTM better never let him go he he just he understands the condition of of what the bike needs um to to go fast and it's so weird to me that he – that if if he can't if he's not there on a Saturday, he's immediately there on a Sunday. You know, and I know this this obviously was a sprint race, um, but and and you know these are these are twelve laps of these are twelve qualifying laps, right? I mean, these guys are pushing, they're riding with their hair on fire and pushing as hard as they can, uh, but Brad Bender is apparently better at that than anyone else is.
0: Right. Well, you know, he, he really is. I, I think he got an amazing launch and an amazing first corner. And I think that just set him up. And then once he was there, he's like, all right, let's go see what I can do. Yeah. And he did really well. But like you said, Marco Bezzecchi was coming. Marco Busecki had an amazing weekend. Um, but you know, I, so before let's talk about a little bit about, you know, the emergence of Alex Marquez on the Ducati, he was in pole position this weekend Finishes fifth in the sprint ahead of the world champion Francesco Bagnaia, um, ahead of uh, Jorge Martin, who everybody was touting as the guy to watch on a Ducati. I mean, it, I'm through two weeks. Alex Marquez has to be the happiest dude in the MotoGP paddock. He has to be because he is no longer riding a dumpster fire that's headed for a volcano. You know it, it is. It has got to feel great. What do you think? No,
1: I, I certainly think he's the most vindicated rider, and uh, you know, aside from Port Franco Morbidelli, I think Alex Marquez has certainly vindicated so far this season that he belongs in MotoGP. Um, I think you and I had talked about that before. You know, the podiums uh, that he had gotten with Honda, and um, it's been been quite a while since then. I think two years are going on, two years since then, in um, Aragon, yeah, twenty twenty at Aragon, and Yeah, he called that out too. Um, uh, you know, fourth place in the, or excuse me, fifth place in the uh, the sprint race. Um, <clears throat> in just his second race on a Ducati, uh, like you said, the pole position, it, Alex Marquez is definitely figuring out this bike. You know, he's he's got this bike figured out, right? Um, we're looking at the names that he's keeping company with, right? I mean, Banyaya, yeah. Martin, you know, Betseki. These guys are super fast on their bikes, and they know these bikes. They've been on these bikes for a year. Um, right so right. and then alex marquez is just hopping on this bike you know in his second race and he's there so uh, a lot I think of about, talent there man There's yeah a lot i of mean talent, it, yeah. so that's why i say he's he's absolutely the most vindicated rider in uh in, in moto gp to me um uh, you know contrasting i saw saw some speed out of uh um some uh, rins on sunday um, but you know, I think I feel the worst for him, um, you know, in this sprint race because he was all the way down to 15th, you know, and, and, you know, obviously couldn't get it figured out. And, um, but to call that out from where Alex, or excuse me, from Alex, where Alex Marquez came from, um, it, it just, it shows you the gap that Honda needs to, to really work to close.
0: Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, and plus we, we had no reps all. Honda on Representation, the Representation, Yeah. Not yeah, at all. we had nothing there. Um, you know, it, it is it is really, really hard um to uh, to what what's the word I'm looking for? To um to go from where you were on the Suzuki, which was he won some races, he was generally a contender, he didn't always contend, but he always probably thought at least there's a chance walking into the weekend. Yeah. Um, but now I I think for Renz, he's just in straight-up work mode. I I wanted to bring something up um, about Franco Morbidelli. Last year for the entire championship, Franco Morbidelli scored 42 points. And he's already got
1: 21 points this year. (laughs)
0: He's got 21 points in two races this year. Now, 19 of those were from this weekend. He only had two last weekend. Um, So... I think it's going to be. I mean, his fourth place finish in the race in the premier race is better than anything he did last year. So I'm I'm just really happy. I I really hope he, you know, he does well. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm I'm pulling for him for sure. Like we talked about. But let's talk about the premier race. And you know, we saw Marco Bezecchi take his first win, which you called, you called in the preseason. You said I think he's got one. I agreed with you, but you called it. Um, Yohan Zarko finishes second and, and Alex Marquez finishes third from pole. Um, uh, man, talk about you best believe it.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, Betseki certainly doesn't know how to keep people in suspense. You know, whenever we, <laughs> whenever we called out that he was going to get a win at some point this season, he said, Oh, I'll just go ahead and get, grab one. Um,
0: yeah, I'll, I'll go grab two podiums. Is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I, there's not much you can really say. I, I, if I'm being honest, though, I was really waiting for him to crash. And, and to me, this race, and I always call it out, uh, I always call it that he reminds me so much of um just how he's so laid back, and then he's got, he, you know, the hair doesn't help it at all either. And, but then on top of that, he's just fast. And it, it, we saw that out of Um He was just fast, but he always would kind of find himself making those, those dumb mistakes and betsy yeah, did that never, a couple. He never won a race. Yeah. Betsey did that a couple times this year, but or last year, but, but this race reminded me a lot of Silverstone. Um, when I think that if I was, if I'm remembering correctly, when Simoncelli either got into the lead or got into third place. Um, and then as soon as he got up there, he was flying and, then he dumped the bike. He he lost the front going into, it. and it was a wet race too. And and to me, this is what I was kind of waiting on the entire race. I was just waiting on, waiting to see it again, and I didn't see it. And to me, that sticks out. That okay, this guy is, um, this guy's the real deal. You, you know, Mark Batecki's. He's, he's he's just got so much about him. And and I'm not saying that he's better than Banyaya. Um, because I think Peko Bagnaya has strengths that that Bezzecki might not exactly have. I think I think Bagnaya's talked grass, about right? it a little
0: bit in the post race, uh, in the post race press conference about what Bagnaya does so well into the corner, and it was his breaking his mm-hmm. his his in, breaking entry. Okay. Whereas Bezecchi says he doesn't do that as well as Bagnaya. But to your point, yeah, I mean. Right, go ahead and keep talking. But I I, th- I heard that, and I would forget to say it if I didn't interrupt you. No,
1: so no, great. no. It's a it's it's okay. Um, you know, now I lost my train of thought. because you're the worst. You're welcome. Um, I am. But, um, I am the worst. You know, um, I just think that I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this championship unfold this year. Um, unfortunately, it's it's a Ducati World Championship more or less. You know what we're looking at right now. The top four bikes in the championships are our Ducatis. Um, but to me, what I enjoyed the most out of this race was the fact that all three of these Ducatis that were on the podium—not a one of them was a factory bike, not um, one—or from a factory team. Let's say that it wasn't yeah, a factory, yeah. not from a factory team. Yeah. Um, yeah and no. to me, that was a—that was really cool to see. To me, that yep. you know, th- this championship is just—it's a fun championship already. Two races in, well, yeah. it's a blast.
0: It is a blast. I mean, it is it is kind of you can see how good the 2022 uh, Ducati was. And then the 2023 is also a, a tremendous motorcycle and very early in its development. So, you know, I, I think it's great. I Looking at Bez off track and listening to his answers in the post-race press conference, it's really cool to me because this guy is he's pretty genuine. He's a fun-loving guy, like you said. His hair reminds you a little bit of Semolchelli, but I think there's a lot of valet in him too. He's got a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's funny. He makes, you know, he makes jokes. He, he I love it when he answers. I, I don't know. <laughs> I love those answers. It, you know, you know like, uh, it looks like he breaks.
1: Uh, it looks like he breaks with three fingers too, like Rossi did. I'm not sure. It's either three or four fingers that that Betzecchi actually breaks with.
0: Yeah. He does. He, he, uh, he mentioned that after the race, he says, you know, I want to thank my family and everybody supported me and my Mm -hmm. sisters and my parents. He said, but really without valet and the Academy, this is impossible. So I'm sure that he really learned a lot from valet. You know, that's his hero. He calls him the goat. Um, and you know, just like valet did wearing the soccer Jersey when he won and, Argentina, he did the same thing. It was a signed Messi jersey. He was so excited to get. Um, but I think good things are on the horizon for Bez, and you know I wouldn't be very surprised if we saw him in a factory ride. But if he leaves Ducati right now, he's an idiot. Honestly, <laughs> I, I honestly I anybody on that grid that leaves a Mooney or a a Grassini or a Pramac to go to a factory. I don't care what it is. It's dumb. It is dumb. If you take a Priya, that's about the only one. But anything else, why? Why would you do that? That's the way I feel about it right now. But like you said, it was really cool to have three satellite Ducatis from different teams. You yeah, had the yep. the Mooney vr 46 the Pramac, and the Grassini, and um, I think we have to talk about Zarko's late race pace. Holy cow! It's the
1: same thing, you know. Honestly, it, it, so I think the this is exactly what happened last year in Buriram too, right? In Thailand, he did the same thing. We were talking about the uh, you know as the as the race as the the pavement started to dry, his tires got stronger as you know he went with the, uh, the tire pressure. What was it? He uh, went with an initially lower tire pressure. So whenever that tire started to heat up and the, the pressure gave up yep. the, or started to come up into the tire, he had the grip to continue to go and to continue to push. Um, so I'm curious if that same thing, if he made the same judgment call of this race. But his post-race interview um, with Simon Crafar was, uh, it was the most I'd ever seen Yohan Zarco smile and the most lighthearted he'd ever really seemed to me. Um, so I'm wondering if that if the synergy is finally uh, kind of coming to him with that team and they're really starting to kind of get in their groove and he's really starting to get positive about about the direction yeah. that they're headed.
0: Um, he, he's always great in those wet conditions. And you mentioned the ride in Burium, and I, and I, I want to talk about that for a second because, you know, he, he, they asked him, why weren't you faster in the beginning? He's like, I was trying. And, you know, you saw him trying to pass guys and running wide in Mm -hmm. the first part of that race. And so to your point about the front tire pressure, I'm sure that had something to do with it. Um, He was like, I felt fine. I thought, Oh, I can fight. And then I couldn't fight. (laughs) I love the way that these guys talk about like, well, I, I thought, well, I could pass him here. And then I, I couldn't pass him. (laughs) And so, but he, but he, he said about half race distance. It came into its own and the rest is history. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was what, what was it? A second, faster a lap than Marquez in the last couple of laps there. Mm. So, I mean, but he, he said, you know, I'm glad there was this many laps because one less and I wouldn't have been able to catch yeah, Marquez. Yeah. I mean, he was a second behind him. It was crazy. But his pace was incredible. And, and and he made a comment in the post-race interview. He was like, I thought they made a mistake on my pit board that it was third because I couldn't see the first guy. <laughs> <laughs> He said, no, they must've made a mistake. He said, and then I saw him way up the road and I thought, oh, oh, well, okay. You know, but he said I, at first I couldn't even see him. He was so far ahead. Um, but I also love that both he, Marco and Zarco, uh, Marco and Zarco, Johan Zarco and Marco Pazecchi were so complimentary of each other. Um, you know, I, I, they were talking about, you know, what a great race that was. And Zarko was like, you know, he was just so fast on the first half of the race. It was unbelievable. He said, I, I might have been faster in the second half, but by that time, it didn't matter. And, you know, but then Marco said some really nice things about, you know, Johan. And so I think within that Ducati family, I think they all realize, because it's been mentioned many times, they test a lot of stuff with Johan Zarko. Mm-hmm. And so... I think the rest of the guys appreciate what he does kind of being that pack mule. And I think, I think there's a lot of that going on, but there's a little of that. And, um, you know, for Alex, you know, I know he was disappointed not to get second, but Holy cow, man. Like I said, second, third, I'll take fifth. Yeah. Yeah, This guy's going to win a race this year, right? Like he's going to win a race. And my thing is, I wonder if it's going to be in Austin against his brother. (laughs) How awesome would that be? (laughs) But even Marco mentioned, you know, Mark is usually unbeatable at Coda, so I don't know if we're going to be able to do well. And I'm like, well, buddy, he's got screws in his finger. He's not 100% at all, and it's on his throttle hand. So, you know, it's a left-handed track, but screws in your finger, that does not give me a good feeling. Honestly, so we'll see. But Alex Marquez, I mean, he's he's the real deal. And like I told you on the last podcast, I believe we forget this guy's a two-time world champion because it was so bad at Honda.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, doesn't
0: this make it make it more obvious of how bad it is?
1: Yeah, and so Alex Renz did. Um, you know, Alex Renz came home in ninth position in the premier class race on Sunday. Um, he's 14 seconds off the win, um, which yeah, obviously we know Bez probably rolled out the last few laps to to care to the last lap to kind of consolidate sure, sure. and bring it home, um, but you know, uh, to me, uh, this is just I don't. It's not indicative of where Honda is. I mean, obviously the Aprilias had some issues. Um, in the race uh, with the rain, Francesco Bagnaia had crashed and had to remount. I think Binder uh, did the same and, and got back up and had to remount, um, which those guys were fighting for last place. Uh, so, and we had the rookie in the class, and then Raúl Fernandez, who's still trying to figure out the uh, um, the Aprilia, and then Di the Antonio, who really hasn't um, come into a consistency that he should. Um, on the Ducati just yet. So uh, everyone that, you know, I just mentioned are all people that Alex Rins should be, at, or are or, or, or with a few of those people, Alex Rins should be ahead of anyway, but you know, Bender and Benaya and Aleish and Vinales, I don't think that, you know, on a good day, I don't think that Honda can beat those guys they beat those riders and the, those other bikes uh, oh, personally, no. you know? No, no, so, no, no. you know, we're talking about Alex Rins maybe bringing home a point or two, and the same thing with Nakagami. I mean, Nakagami brought home three points in thirteenth place. But I mean, to me, Nakagami—if anyone should know this Honda, it should be Nakagami. Um, he's he's tested. He's tried. He's he's given input on all these new parts. Um, he's looked at data. He's looked at Marquez's data. He's studied all yeah, that. Yeah, but he
0: also said it doesn't matter what we say. It matters what Marquez says. Well,
1: I know what. Uh, yeah, I know what Nakagami says, but. I don't know. I, I'm speculating there. I, I don't. I don't. You know. You know my opinion about uh, Takanakagami. I don't think he should be on that team anymore. I think he needs to be out. He's had enough time to figure it out on the bike. He's had enough time to figure out a GP. It's not working out. I, I think. I think somebody else needs to be on the team.
0: I, I'm. I'm with you. I. I don't know why he.
1: And I'm not. I'm not completely saying it's not Honda's fault there, right? I mean, there's shared blame there. I think. Yeah, um, you know, but, and maybe But who
0: are you gonna put on there to do anything on the Honda too? That's the yeah, other that, thing I no, want I, I right? get so, it. No,
1: I, I understand that. And and then there's always the question of well, what happens if Nakagami made the same move that Marquez does and went to a Ducati? Well what would, what would happen then, right? I mean so we can speculate well, all day long. Well,
0: assume. right. And here's this interesting question. Does Fabio de Antonio? does he get to stay at Gersini next year if he doesn't do better? I don't think so.
1: I, I don't think so either. I mean right now we're seventeenth in the championship. He's got six points to his name only after two races. Um but Augusto Fernandez, a rookie,'s got eight points already. Um I i I don't yeah. I don't think so personally. I don't think so. I, so I, I think he got his shot, you know. I'm pretty uh,
0: sure there'll be a battle royale for that seat. You
1: yeah. know. I, no, I absolutely. Mean, yeah, I mean, we saw, I'm, you know, we saw that if anyone should have stayed in, uh, GP, I think last year probably should have been, I think Remy Gardner. Um, personally, I think Remy Gardner's got a lot of talent. He's always it's kind of gotten a raw deal when it comes to anything racing. It seems like he's got a really rough road. Um, but, uh, but to Gian Antonio, of course, when it, it was announced that he was going to GP, um, I questioned the move anyway. Right. I mean,
0: Yep, but we've too. seen
1: him on pole, right? I mean, he's he's gotten a pole position before <laughs> right. at Mugello, Mugello so. yeah, yeah. Um,
0: well, I, there's obviously some talent there, I, but you know, so we'll see. Because if he leaves, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people they can pick, and yeah. you know, yep. honestly, if if you know what seats most attractive to me, if I'm Pedro Acosta, it's not the gas gas,
1: right? You know, yeah
0: it is it's the it's that Gresini Racing Ducati but we'll see what happens that's going to be very interesting having said all that fabio diginetonio might have a tremendous second half of the year if yeah, he keeps yeah. if he finishes a lot mostly in the top 10 we will see him on that bike again next mm-hmm. year i think but yep you know uh, he's got to do something to your point but well, there's like some loyalty said, there too though right i mean yeah, he, he's absolutely. been with
1: Grizzini all the way up through the through the ranks so i, I he think really there's has. there's that, that would be a tough yeah. breakup i think uh, he was fausto's boy he yeah. was
0: fausto's boy Fausto loved him and uh, his wife would probably be really hard for her to cut him loose but if he doesn't do results there's nothing else you can do right um but yeah i so uh, we've got you know we do need to talk about some guys you know the Bender and Bagnaya. You know, Bender crashed out. So did Bagnaya. Bagnaya has to quit doing this, man. It's too many times. He's got to stop. He was in second place. He had it locked up. There was no need for him to be going over the limit. And I, I don't know what he was thinking he was doing. He was trying to get away from Alex Marquez, I guess. But it was the wrong move, and it cost him. It cost him a lot of points. And the championship lead.
1: Yeah, so, yeah that's... I mean, what do
0: you what do you got to say about it?
1: The uh, same, same, right? I, I mean, this is just a uh, it's a it's a costly mistake, um, <clears throat> costly, costly mistake. Uh, you know, obviously I had the wherewithal to hurry up and g- grab the clutch. Um, you know, and that during the slides, got back up, remounted, um, and then still brought home zero points. So, you know, all that effort was for nothing. You know, you've literally done no work at the end of the week. So, um, no, I, I, I think that Ben has got to, he's got to consolidate. And I think that, you know, it's so hard to, to speculate. You know, I don't know. I didn't read any articles of, of what happened, if he, blamed something if he said oh i just made a mistake or or what it is but you know what causes these mistakes because we've seen this guy go up against a a mark marquez in mark marquez's backyard and not blink and then just because he's pushing just a little bit to get away from rider to to put a gap in he makes this kind of mistake that costs him uh, you know 20 points in a race and the championship lead
0: right Well, according, I can tell you what he said. Um, He was very angry with the crash. He said uh, he doesn't understand why he crashed. Um, And he doesn't, he, and if you watch the video, he's not offline. Um, It it just, I think uh, he he had just, maybe he held the brakes too much or released too fast. He doesn't take much, right? When you're on the limit like they are um but he said he lost the front when he put put you know when he uh went to the gas he touched the gas and he lost the front so i don't know um this is not the first time it's happened where he didn't understand what happened with the crash and, and, and uh, maybe
1: he just opened the gas just a hair sooner than he did the lap before because he knew that he yep. was trying to create the gap you know what i mean maybe it was yep, just the, absolutely um
0: yep absolutely but I, I think, you know, Bagnaya's got to cut this out. Now, having yeah. said all of that through two races this year, he's in a lot better spot than he was last year through two races. And he
1: knows that, and he's more, he's happier with the bike, you know, and that's going to make yeah. a big difference. Yeah. So, yeah, I, absolutely. I I'm, I'm curious to see what happens in Austin. Um, I don't want to say it's a Ducati track because it's got that big long straight. So, or,
0: well, I, I, you know what I'm most interested to see? How does the Yamaha do with that big, long straight?
1: Yeah, yeah. After you say, making the comments, um, you know, about the Yamaha being being fast in uh, in Argentina, I would like to see that as well. I want to see the speed traps um, and see kind of where it's fallen.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm i excited about that. I, but I think, you know, Jack Miller finished in sixth and the race wasn't bad. I am, okay, where are you with Jorge Martín?
1: So I don't think Jorge Martín has made the same um, steps forward that uh, we've seen uh, Betsecki make, uh, and, and 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 even Marini. You know, Marini obviously finished behind Mar- uh, Martín in this race, but to me, Marini's got you know a, a definite consistency about him, and he's actually getting faster too. I feel like he's gradually, he you know, is. consistently coming up that that rank, you know, and he's finishing for, further towards the front con- more consistently. Um Martin is just, it, it, there's inconsistency there as far as his explosiveness uh, about, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that he's
0: fast. Especially one lap.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the king of Saturday, right, or king, king of qualifying. He's so quick, he can be so quick, but does he have a, the... Does he have the control and the and the, the the ability to stay within that window, like that you know that Jorge um, Lorenzo metronomic kind of you know lap after lap after lap rhythmic riding, um, you know does he do that? Can he do that? Is is he able to maintain that and um, and is and what's kind of going on with the bike? Are they testing anything with the bike? Kind of that he was having issues with forks uh, last year. You know went back to an old fork. He got a better feel and things started to change for him. So um, I, I'm not sure kind of where Martine is. Um, you know, he's battled pretty rough injury from last year. Uh, he's also battling the, you know, kind of the mental um, obstacles that he didn't get the factory seat. He's trying to come out and prove everyone that he should have gotten that seat, um, but
0: not doing it.
1: Right. yeah, I mean, it, it's not happening right now. So it's really hard for me to to pinpoint. Uh, where Martin is going in his career with Ducati. Um, obviously a top-five finish, though, so it's not bad, right? Um, it's it's he, Like I said, he finished better than Luca Marini did. Um, but I think we all expected a little bit more this year, possibly. Um,
0: I don't know. Where are you at? I, no, I definitely expected more out of Martine. But here's the thing. I think we've seen who Mark Martin is. I mean, he's been the same all the way through his career. You know, like the MotoGP GP career. I mean, he he is he's been now uh 2 years at Pramac. Is that right? Mm-hmm. This yes. is his second year at yeah. Pramac. And yeah, he was rookie I, I, last year, right? Yeah, right. Um so uh, no, he wasn't a rookie last year, was he? Was the year no, before? No, was not. his third yeah, year. Yeah, he was the year before. Third year. So, you know, he's been there. He knows the bike. The bike is good. I, I just think Jorge Martin is a head case. I think I kind of saw that in the MotoGP special that Amazon Prime did. He was talking. He was so scared all the time. The crashes were, at, you know, they were affecting him. But they do affect you because they hurt. And that crash that he had where he hit the ground three times at 20 plus Gs. Yeah. Forget it, man. I don't right. think I'd ever got. I wouldn't get on another bike. And and so I get it, but I think at the same time, we see flashes of this guy that is so fast, and he's a world champion, mm-hmm. but but he's at the highest level, he's got a lot of world champions around him, and he has just not had the consistency. So to me, it's all a mental approach.
1: So you think it's kind of the Vinales effect then?
0: Oh yeah. Well, he is not as scared of Mark Marquez as Vinales. Well, I think right. Or, I did, yeah. We, we, right. Right. But I do think though. it's right. But I do think it's in his mind, and it, because you can't put a lap together like he does, and not have some serious talent. But that talent for him doesn't necessarily include, like you mentioned the Jorge Lorenzo metronomic consistency, that was his talent. Mm-hmm. He could do a lap time over and over and over and over. I, I haven't seen Martin do that very often. And
1: maybe, so, you know, you bring up a good point. You know, maybe that you're hitting the nail on the head, you know, because he's so fast, that's all he goes out and he thinks about. But if he's trying to, you know, run a race pace, he's he's definitely got some extra headspace. we'll say, there. Um, You know, to start thinking about things, if, if you know, something, if he gets distracted, if he starts to think about why what he's doing, you know, anything like that, if it starts to creep in, um, that could definitely throw a wrench in, you know, cause you to miss a break point, cause you to miss a, a turn in, um, you'd be just slightly offline, which causes a crash or, you know, compromises speed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera things like that. So maybe you're, maybe you're onto something.
0: Yeah, maybe so. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because you're so smart. Is. We know. Right. Well, that's true. I mean, everybody knows that. Right. But I think I think mostly, Martin's, it In my mind, it's all in his head. We know it's in Matt Vinales' head. And speaking of Vinales and Alicia Sparkrow, what happened to Aprilia this weekend?
1: You know, I, I don't. I don't know. It's. I don't know if the <laughs> Aprilia is starting to become like the Yamaha of a couple of years ago that just can't ride in the rain or or what it is, but um, you know, Laish, I was pretty surprised at at what happened with Alacius sparger of this weekend. Um,
0: and I think his helmet had something to do with it. it. Yeah. yeah. He had some sort of helmet problem where he couldn't see it fogged up. They were looking at it after the race, um, and he was talking, he was pointing. So that was not great. Um, but I don't know what was going on with Maverick. Maybe he just didn't have a good feeling like you're talking about. Uh but you Maybe know Marquez had,
1: texted him on the grid just before the start of the race.
0: You know what? Maybe he just saw Good luck, Marquez bud. on the grid. He didn't realize it was Alex. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened with Maverick. Uh, Maverick's is constantly been a mystery with me. Um but he did finish the race and get some points, so he did better than Bagnaya. Um, but I I I think they'll be back. I think they'll be back up at the front, especially if if Austin's dry. I think they'll be back there. <clears throat> Can they beat the Ducatis? Can they beat Fabio? Can they beat Marquez if he's there? I don't know. Well, I know Maverick's not going to beat Mark Marquez. Right. I that's mm-hmm. how I feel about it. I could get proven wrong, but my feeling right now is if Mark Marquez is anywhere in the building, Maverick is not going to win. Um, so, you know, we'll go from there. But I think... The most frustrated rider on the grid's got to be Fabio. Um, Taka, I don't know what Taka Nakagami was doing. He was he, he ruined Fabio's race basically, um, and got no penalty for it. What'd you think about that?
1: Uh, so I agree with. I, I mean, I agreed with the no call there. I think the other calls of the weekend should have been a no call. But I feel like if you're going to make a bad call. You have to consistently make a bad call. You know, I don't understand (laughs) the FIM whatsoever. No Uh, one does. No one does. You know, I, I mean the the Sasaki penalty to me was ridiculous because Sasaki couldn't see that guy. You know what I mean? Sasaki saw a gap and he went for the gap. The, the other rider was completely offline, you know, and he was kind of, right. was it David Almanza? It was David Almanza, yeah. that, you know, because he was. By the way, it, we didn't mention. Yeah, we didn't But mention had an yet.
0: unbelievable ride.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, right up until he lost the, yeah, until the until the crap, he was taken out completely, um, which, yeah, no, it's. Uh, by it, Jamma
0: Massia, right?
1: No, it was. Uh, oh, no, that wasn't. Was it Scott Ogden or uh, Josh Wally? Oh, uh, One of the two of those. I think it was Scott Ogden
0: yeah did Scott Ogden get penalized
1: they penalized see that's another thing too they penalized him six seconds because it wasn't long enough the, the race there wasn't enough time left in the race for him to complete two long laps which I disagree with that as well I think that he's already messed up a race like he needs to be penalized in his next race as well if it's that close to the end of the race a double long lap in Austin because we saw how much that can punish you at, at Austin. Um, oh, for sure. For but, sure. But, you know, but that, again, it, I'm sure that somebody will argue with me. I'm sure that, you know, I'll get a message from our, our favorite um, Yamaha rider, uh, Mr. Dan the Man. He, yeah, nah. he'll probably. Well, he
0: made sure we were going to record this week so he could listen to us when he was driving to Road Atlanta um, to go ride in the thunderstorm. Oof, uh, or yeah. Or to watch the thunderstorm while his bike sits outside and gets rained on. That's <laughs> what's going to happen. But, uh, um, but yeah, yeah.
1: I think that's one thing that he and I and, and the three of us agree on. Um, and possibly the only thing we might ever agree on is the fact that the FIM is hot garbage and completely inconsistent and race control does not make any kind of consistent calls in these races and to me it just blows my mind now I will say this year they I feel like they're penalizing Quicker. There's swifter penalties. Like the time frame of when something happens. I don't they care are how, fast, you a call. how no, fast it's no, dog crap. It's, it's a bad call. You yeah, know I get it. If it's a bad call, it's a bad call. But you know, they're <laughs> the, that's the at what I'm saying. At
0: least they're efficient with their bad calls. <laughs> yeah, Is at least they're coming giving?
1: out they're coming out fast enough, right? Yeah, we're, we're setting least... the bar
0: low, though. We're setting the bar <laughs> Well you gotta low. set it somewhere.
1: You have to start that's... somewhere, right? I mean
0: I guess so. I guess so. But none of the riders understand the FIM. They all think they're idiots. No,
1: I don't think... I, I mean, I don't personally think Nakagami should have been penalized for that. Um, I was, was it because it was, Fabio
0: uh, was already offline?
1: No, I don't think... Well, no, they were going into the corner. I mean, it was into the break zone.
0: It was, but he wasn't online. I mean, if you look at the video, there are lots of guys inside him. So, oh, okay. what did you... Why don't you think Nakagami deserved a penalty there? Why, what is your thought process?
1: Are you asking me a rhetorical question?
0: No, because I don't think he—I so, I
1: don't think he deserved a penalty.
0: No, I'm asking you why you think that.
1: Because they were—I mean, to me, it was making a—he was making a pass move. There was no contact there, was
0: there? I don't know. I feel like there was some contact. I'll have to watch it again, but it felt like to me there was contact there because he he definitely bumped I know
1: the, I know oh, yeah. kind of stood the bike up quick. I didn't I didn't yeah. see that there was I didn't think that there was actual contact. If there was contact not knowing the fight, that that was offline, um, then maybe I would have initially thought but if uh, that there should have been a penalty but uh, not not believing there's any contact, I don't think that it I think it was just a hard aggressive move.
0: Okay. All right, I'll buy it. We'll we'll see what happens. I I thought that one to me. I thought originally when I looked at it, I thought he should have been penalized, but then I thought that Fabio was offline. And then if you're offline, then, you know, go for the gap a little bit. Yeah. He's going for the gap. And if there's a little contact, well, you should have been online You're a professional. Um,
1: but yeah, the one with Sasaki though, I was pretty irate about that because it, to me, it reminded me of the penalty on Zarco from uh, Bruno a few years back. Whenever Paul Spargar, you know, went way wide in turn one, came right back in and, um, that came, came in on top of Zarco and then crashed himself out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so Argentina, you know, to your point about not having a dry race, I mean, the, the when Valentino won, it was dry. And I wanted to mention that because in 2014, the lap record was set by Mark Marquez at a 137.683. And that's still there. That's nine years ago. Now, if you contrast that with Portimao, where the lap record fell by over a second and a half from last year to this year, this is crazy. It's crazy, right? Am I am I way off base there? I mean, it's crazy that thing is still there. That, that lap record from Marquez is still there at 137. Now, the fastest race lap goes to Valentino Rossi in 2015 when he won. But... That that one thirty nine point oh one nine was a almost a second and a half slower than the pole lap by Marquez uh, in twenty fourteen. That's crazy. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but what else you got for MotoGP um, this evening?
1: So one thing I'll say about the uh, about the track. what about the lap records that you're talking about is possibly need to consider about how many, uh, how often people actually get on the track. Um, because I think they had mentioned that this was the first time that people that bikes and had been on the track for several months. Um, so I'm not sure uh, how long it would take to get that track rubbered in to where we would see if there's any kind of impact that these new bikes would have, if they would be able to go much faster and get more grip down. Um, also, the rubber um, in twenty fifteen, they, they were still uh, in twenty fifteen. They weren't using the Michelin's exclusively, were they? They were still choosing between Brid- Bridgestone, Bridgestone or, and Michelin. or Michelin.
0: When market? When fourteen or fifteen? I think in fifteen. I can Still a choice. I think fourteen and fifteen. I don't okay. remember either. Um, so but just I, a couple couple things to consider. It. Yep. Well, uh, what else do you have about MotoGP this evening? Um. um
1: I think that's about it, man. Uh, we've been, you know, going on two hours now, so uh, I'm uh, or an hour and a half ish. So yeah, uh, it's uh.
0: Just, I'm just say, ready for tired Austin. Of talking man. to me? Are you yeah. Ready? Are you tired of talking?
1: <laughs> I'm. am re- tired of talking about it, and I'm ready to go watch it.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm. I'm excited for Austin. I can't wait to get out there. I've got to make a trip to Boston before I do that. But at the same time, I'm going to. Um, you know, I was going to ride this seventh and eighth uh, this year at Road Atlanta and this weekend, but the rain. I'm not a rain rider, and I decided to pull the the pin on that. Um, so I'm just going to have to eat that money because you can't. Everybody's trying to sell it. I mean, it's, it's going to be terrible. And I, one of the things that played in my mind was last year I rode fr- uh, Saturday Sunday, and mm-hmm. on Sunday it rained, and <clears throat> I literally got two and a half sessions um, all day. And I was like, this feels like a lot, a long way to drive, a lot of money for two and a half sessions. So yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm not going to add to the fuel bill and add the bill on that one. So Pri got some money from me for that one. You're welcome, Pri. But, uh, you know, I'm disappointed. I just made my first ride of the year, and now here we are. So well, whatever.
1: I've got my first one scheduled.
0: Um, you do. I, that's good. That's what we need to talk about that.
1: Um, it'll be at, uh, Carolina Motorsports park in July, uh, with three. <laughs>
0: it's going to be nice and cool. You're going to feel, you know, great. Uh, it was, well,
1: you know, is that we've got the Spain trip in August. Um, I really wanted to actually, sh- I was shooting for the road Atlanta weekend. Uh, but then this weekend, but you know, being so close to Austin, um, and then we've got some stuff going on here at the house. So <clears throat> to me, it was, uh, you know, it was a little, a little rushed. I've still got to do a coolant flush on the bike, but I've got the ECU flashed. Um, so thanks to the people at Superbike Unlimited, um, no, uh, no flashy lights anymore on the dash. I've ridden the bike around the neighborhood a little bit, just kind of getting used to the uh, brakes again, used to being back on the bike, um, uh, you know, as much as you can, riding around at 20 miles an hour. So um, I also want to uh, do a dirt day before I get back on, on a road course, just so I can, you know, be familiar with moving on the bike, using, you know, using my core and standing up and moving around quite a bit and letting the bike move underneath of me. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm a little nervous, uh, but, uh, I've got my goal of just go have fun, keep it, keep it shiny and, uh, don't be a roadblock for anyone else.
0: I I think you, you're going to be fine. I look, I, and I said this to you, the bike will only do what you make it do. And that's true. It's fast. It is fast bike, but big deal. So don't, don't let it eat all the time um, until you get comfortable and then let her eat. But it is, I think you're going to be fine, man. I'm excited for you to get back out there. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try and find another weekend to go and, and, uh, and see what i can figure out but i'm disappointed that i'm not going to go this weekend but i think it was the right call um i am not as i mentioned i'm not a rain rider i just i would be of no use to anyone in the rain Uh, on top of that the temperature isn't going to be very high so now i'm cold and wet (laughs) that's not a great combination Uh, you know
1: the last time that I I rode in the rain was actually at Road Atlanta it was on a Saturday it was in uh, uh, 20, 2019 I think um, and it was a it was a good rain I mean it was a <clears throat> it was a heavy heavy rain so much so that it was actually the day was cancelled um, after lunch they didn't have any sessions after lunch and I had made it to, uh, I made it to third session in the morning it was within two hours. I was on the CBR and, um, obviously the CBR 600, no electronics, but it was still slow. Everyone can joke and they say, well, it doesn't even have enough power to spin the wheel up. Um, so I was actually having a lot of fun. You know, I was really riding the edge of the, riding the the bike. What I felt was on the edge of the tire. I could feel the bike, you know, kind of walk, start to walk and squirm, um, coming up the hill out of turn five. I could feel it out of turn six as well. And then the same coming out of turn 10 B, um, so it was, it was a really, really good day. The first two sessions, um, of, of feeling the bike, you know, what the bike was actually doing, what the tire was doing underneath of me and getting to know, you know, kind of where I was, how I was doing. Um, and then third session came along and I got, I turned in a little too early into turn 10 a and tucked the front and, uh, had a very low speed crash that I got made fun of for by just about every control rider n two And, um, you know, then turn on and, you know, put it back together and rode the next day. But that was the last time I was on rain. Uh, but it definitely will, it, it definitely kind of, it makes you, uh, makes you a better rider, but it definitely can, it's much, much, much easier to make a mistake.
0: Yep. I, I, I think, you know, you do learn in the rain, you know, you've got to be smooth and you, you know, you, but you have much smaller margin for error, and I, I don't need a smaller margin for error. I make a lot of errors, so, um, you know, I think for me, uh, it's just not something I aspire to do. I mean, there's, there's not, I, I I don't know, man. I just, I don't, I don't race, so, uh, I just want to have fun. And if I'm in the rain, I'll be terrified and not having fun. Yeah. So I get to your point. Yeah. To your point, you have the same bike I do. That thing's a monster in the dry. (laughs) Yeah. It's not something
1: I want to, I want to experience to, yeah, to see what it's, what it's going to do whenever there's so much power trying to go through a a bead of water. Uh,
0: Yeah. Right. You know, we'll, um, but we'll see. I mean, I will, I'll, I'll find another day and we'll do it again, but it won't be this weekend and maybe that's for the best. But on that note, I mean, uh, do you have anything else?
1: I do not. The next time that you guys will see us, it will be at Austin. Um, we'll hopefully bring you some some good content from the track itself. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, well, I, I we're
0: definitely going to post up you wearing that awesome Jake Dixon shirt.
1: Yeah. It'll happen.
0: And and us wearing our Bose Helicopter Tour shirt.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I might bring a couple to give away in the suite. You know. And you know what? The Biagi is going to be there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we'll find out who wants to play the Biagi game when we get there.
1: I'm not playing. I played enough of the Jake Dixon game. I'm done. That's I'm, enough that, for that one is, season.
0: No. No. Absolutely not. You oh, are I'm going playing. to
1: hurt your feelings now.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you know what? It didn't hurt my feelings at all because you're playing. That's the way it goes. And I lost last year, so I wore that stupid B.I.G. <laughs> shirt. So you're welcome. Um, and we'll uh, we'll do it. But I'm excited, man. I can't wait for Austin, and yep. <clears> it's going to be a good time. And, and this, this season – with the sprint races in the premier class is really cool. Um, and I, I want to say also that, you know, the moto two is going to be really interesting. We get Ayagura back, you know, hopefully he gets 100% healthy. Isan the same thing. I'm, I'm interested to see how he takes to the bike. And, you know, we got to see how Pedro Acosta rebounds from this tough weekend in Argentina.
1: Yep. Definitely.
0: So it's all going to come down in Austin. We're going to do it. And, um, I'm excited for it. So, yeah, I think that's it for tonight, yeah? Yes, sir. All right. Well, guys, if you're out there riding this weekend in Road Atlanta, please be careful. I wish I was out there with you. I'll be with you in spirit. Keep that shiny side up and that rubber side down, and no trying to drag your elbow in the rain. doesn't work. Um, so I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, wishing you guys a good night with my man, Bo. We'll see you next time.
1: Have a good one, guys.